Hi, this is Mitch McKenney. I'm an associate professor in the School of Media and Journalism, and this is Around the Sphere. Welcome to Around the Sphere, the podcast of the School of Media and Journalism at Kent State University, produced and recorded by MDJ students, faculty, and staff just for you. Hi, my name is Kayla Polanski, and this year I'm president of Public Relations Student Society of America, also known as PRSSA Kent, here on campus. PRSSA Kent offers our members have an opportunity to enhance your leadership and public relations skills, attend local and national meetings and conferences, as well as mingle with other members in our society. Hi, I'm Maddie Gurl, and I'm the BVP of Professional Relations. We just had our first Welcome Back to School social. We had a country versus country club theme. It went really well. We had such a great turnout. Um, coming up on September 26th, we have Satisfying Your PR Craving. This is going to be our first general meeting. We're looking to have speakers from Nestle, Sipping Black Only, and J.M. Smucker talking about managing crises and utilizing social media strategy in the food industry. If you want to follow us for more information, go ahead and visit our website, prssakent.com, or follow any of our socials on Instagram or Twitter. Hello folks, I'm Genevieve, and I'm the project manager for Around the Sphere, and on today's episode, we are talking about internships that our own MDJ students did over the summer. Hi, my name is Regan Saunders. My pronouns are they, he. I'm a senior journalism major with a minor in print media and photography, and the summer I interned at the San Francisco Chronicle through the Dow Jones News Fund. Hi guys, my name is Hannah Mayer. I am a senior public relations major with a minor in marketing, and this summer I interned with Live Nation in their marketing department. My internship was through the Dow Jones News Fund and I was a multi-platform editing intern for the San Francisco Chronicle. Basically, my entire summer was copy editing an arrangement of news articles on local wildfires, politics, movies, TV shows, new music. So I was editing anything from the next election to Minions' Rise of Gru. (laughs) I would spend about eight hours a day editing between four and eight stories. Some of them, I was the first copy editor to look at them, while others, I was just doing a final look over. It was an interesting learning experience coming into it because I didn't know anything about the city I was in. So I was doing a lot of copy editing about things I had no knowledge on. So my first thing when I got to the internship was just like learn anything I could about the city. How I got the internship is through the Dow Jones News Fund. And basically you had to apply and you do an application, you get two letters of recommendation, you take an online test on copy editing and business and analytics. And then you also have to do a little video interview as well. And then you just like wait. And the cool thing about this program is you interview for any position. So you just interview as a multi-platform copy editing intern and they choose where you get to go so it was just luck that I got to go to the coolest city ever for my internship and I really enjoyed it I'd never been to the west coast before and I'd never been further than Ohio for long term of course I've like visited other places but this is my first time away from home that far for a long period of time The internship was 12 weeks long, and for the first week, I actually went to Austin, Texas. The program sends you to a training program where they teach you everything and anything to know about copy editing. And for the last three days of the program, you actually create a fake newspaper. And so I got the opportunity to design a newspaper page. I got the opportunity to be an online editor as well as a print editor. It was super rigorous, though. You literally spend 10 days just doing nothing but editing. You get a little bit of a break in the night, but you start every day, like 7 a.m. until almost 8 p.m. every day, just editing, 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 and, and getting to hear a lot of people talk about their jobs in the journalism industry which is super cool. I would say that's probably the greatest thing about this 
audience experience is less of having the experience of learning how to copy edit, but just getting to connect with new people and hear other journalists talk about why they love the industry and what they're hoping will change the industry. Did you have to hustle to find housing or did they have like a specific internship housing? Yes. So I had to just find my own housing, which is kind of stressful. I was looking at it as soon as I found the internship, but I like didn't know where to live. And San Francisco is such an expensive city. Mm -hmm. Like trying to find cheap housing was so difficult. I ended up living actually in a shared housing building, which is an apartment where I had my own room, but a shared bathroom and shared kitchen, shared living spaces, which was interesting. (laughs) That was really difficult. And it was expensive. San Francisco is very expensive. My internship had a grant program where you could apply for some funding to cover it. So you were able to cover one month out of the three months that I was there in rent. Was it paid internship? Yes. So I got paid 16... 32 an hour, I think it oh, that's was. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So it came out yeah. to about, I want to say 650 a week, which was really good for that kind of internship. That's awesome. Yes. And then even after I'm done, I just applied. They have a scholarship program for people who complete the internship. So you get $1,500 to go towards your schooling wow. if you're still going back to school. That one really lucks out. They try to set you up as well as they can. And they have lots of opportunities for like connecting with other people who've been through the program. The Dow Jones News Fund is so huge. They have alumni going back as far as like, I want to say 1970s is when they started. So there's people from Kent State that I know who are Dow Jones alumni which is really cool to like connect with them because they're like all in the industry now (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's actually crazy there was another copy editor who used to go to Kent State and he like actually like knew some of the professors who are here now yes that's so cool so crazy so like when I was there he ended up taking out to dinner and we like talked about going to Kent State and like (laughs) things that have changed and like how he used to work on the stater and it's just like so crazy the way Kent State is everywhere (laughs) full circle yes it really is all right well the way I got my internship I guess I'll start there is I've always been super passionate about music Uh, I knew I wanted to go into the music industry with my degree and I would always talk to my professors about it. I was super close with all the PR professors. Specifically Stephanie Moore, I went into her office one day when I was looking for internships and just kind of told her what I'm interested in. We bounced off ideas and she was like, you need to talk to Megan Hermensky. So she gave me her contact information and I reached out to Megan and I just did an informational interview with her. I asked her about her position and at the very end of the interview, I asked if Live Nation, because that's who she worked for, um, had a internship program that they were going to be offering in the future. And she said they were working out the details, but that she'd send me the application when it was finally a real tangible thing. So I kind of didn't hear back from her for a month or two, and I started looking for other internships. And then I got an email from her that the application opened up, and she just sent me the link. So I applied to it, and then a few weeks later, she contacted me that they wanted to bring me to the interview round. So I did an interview with them. They did quite a few interviews, and again, didn't hear back from a week, started losing hope, but then I got the email that I got the internship, and I was so, so excited, because I actually, a few months ago, prior to this internship, I wrote down that I was going to work at Live Nation in my lifetime, because it was, like, one of my, like, manifestation things. Like, it was something I really wanted to make happen, and it was so cool how it, like, kind of actually became a reality. My internship started, and I went into their office. I was interning in the marketing department, so it was me and a team of four or five other people, specifically for the Cleveland region. And my position was to revamp the social media pages for Live Nation Cleveland and then Live Nation Columbus. But basically, I was in charge of posting everything on their social media, so obviously promoting events, but then I also had to think of creative ways to promote these events, and it was just a lot to 
to post. And I had web and social media experience prior to this because I did the PRSSA. I was the web and social manager, but it was nothing near this. And I think that was the 180 for me because I was used to PRSSA where I would post like one or two times a week. And then when I got to this internship, I was posting four or five times a day. So I would go on Facebook manager. I would schedule all these posts out at the beginning of the week. And then on top of that, I was asked to go to two or three shows a week. And they gave me a calendar of all their summer shows. And I was able to actually pick artists that I was interested in. So I kind of sent over the shows that I want to go to. And then about two times a week, I would travel to either Blossom or House of Blues or Rocket Mortgage or First Energy Stadium. And I got to go to these shows and really see the behind the scenes, which was so, so amazing. I got to walk past these artists that I've looked up to my entire life. I got to to bring the press down. So the marketing department's in charge of kind of guiding the press. So these press people would come that would cover these shows and we would just uh, escort them down to the stage. They would usually get to shoot the first two or three songs and then we would escort them back up. But it was so awesome that I was getting paid to like be at that stage and like see these shows that I'm usually spending hundreds of dollars on. Um, So after I escorted them up, I got to kind of run around the whole arena or the venue and take different videos of the artists and of the show and then after the show the day after I would go through all my videos edit them together create like a reel uh, we didn't have a TikTok page so kind of would create it on TikTok and just post it as an Instagram reel of the show recap and then along with that show recap we would post reels of just on trend stuff like hop on any TikTok trends and I would just go down shoot it with my coworkers. Mm-hmm. did you feel prepared going into this did you feel like you were able to catch on quickly I had really bad imposter syndrome I think with it <laughs> <laughs> I was like I think it was just that a few months ago I was writing this down and and you actually get in the position and you're like do I know how to do this like I was like they're trusting me with these accounts and at first I thought oh I have to get everything approved I want to run this by like four of my coworkers before because I just was so scared that I was gonna like have a typo or anything like that and then they gave me so much trust in the whole process like they asked for my advice on things and they wanted my input all the time and they liked my ideas and all that kind of stuff and I think that gave me the confidence moving forward with it that I was like I know what I'm doing like I have experience with this and specifically I think we're so good at social media our generation is and we think it's just a given like everyone's good at social media like it's not it's not a skill but then you talk to these people that didn't grow up with social media and they're like how did you do that and it's stuff that comes so second nature to us and I think when they started giving me that feedback I'm like oh it's like kind of actually a skill like these little things that came so second nature to me are things that people are actually interested in I think that was kind of my push going forward, for sure. What was your favorite part or memory of each internship? The one thing about my internship is we had a staff of about 150 people, but only maybe 20 people would be in the office on a given day because most of our staff work remotely. So I was in the office, and then there was another Dow Jones intern who worked there who was also in the office. So it was nice just that we got to sit, like, back-to-back. We both had our own little desk, and we'd, like, chit-chat, or, like, we needed help on a headline. We'd, like, turn to the other person and be like, I'm stuck. Help me right now. We did a staff trivia night, and I want to say about 70 people showed up, and that was the most people I'd seen in the office at one given time. Everyone showed up at, like, 10 a.m in the morning for work. There were people in the office the whole time. It was so lively. I felt like it was in a real newsroom for 
of the day, and then we got to do trivia in the night. And my team won, which was very exciting. You know, we get $10 Starbucks gift cards or Target <laughs> gift cards, and I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. Like, I get free things at my internship. The other thing my office would do was Wednesday happy hours, where whoever was in the office would go up to the rooftop that we had and just, like, sit and, like, talk about journalism or, like, how their week is going for a little bit, take a break together, which I really enjoyed that experience. I would say that my favorite, I have a few, but specifically MGK Day was so awesome. Machine Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly, yeah. So I was supposed to end my internship the day before that concert, and I specifically asked them, I'm like, can I just work one more day? And they're like, yeah, that's totally fine. It was like a big deal because it was his hometown show, so they needed any hands-on that were willing to help. So in the morning, I got there at 8 a.m., maybe 9 a.m., and they were having a tailgate at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So House of Blues had a tent at this tailgate, and I got to sit there, and we had a wheel, and people were just coming up, and we were giving away tickets for those first few hours of the tailgate. And then after that was over, I went to First Energy Stadium, because that's where his show was. And I'm a huge Machine Gun Kelly fan, so I was already super excited about this. Avril Lavigne was going to be there. This was like my childhood. (laughs) So I got there, and I got to see his dressing room and how they decorated that. And after that, we kind of just walked into the venue. This was before the gates were open, so we just kind of looked around the venue, and she was showing us where we were going to be bringing the press that night. So we walked into the pit. She's like, okay, you're going to be bringing them right here. And Machine Gun Kelly comes flying down the zip line. He was zip lining across the whole stadium in the middle of his concert, but he was practicing it before <laughs> the concert. And the, I guess they held the gates for like two hours because it was so last minute. They needed like approval from the mayor of Cleveland to do this. Wow. And they got it so last minute that he had to practice before he did it for real life. And nobody even like told us, but he like probably was a few feet from hitting us. <laughs> but he like flew down and zoomed down. And I was like, that's that's. A- MGK, like, what? That's so (laughs) sick. So that was, like, super cool. And then, obviously, the show was absolutely amazing. After I brought the press down, I kind of had free reign. This was my last show, so I didn't have to really cover it too much. But I got to just run around, watch his show. I stayed for almost the entire show. Usually, I'll leave halfway through because the traffic gets so bad. But this one, I I probably stayed until, like, 11. So it was a super, super long day, but it was incredible. And then I'd probably say, my other favorite experience all the stadium shows were absolutely insane Motley Crue was a really really cool one too Def Leppard awesome show yeah I got to be like three feet away from the stage for that one but we couldn't have our cameras out so I was just sitting there like this isn't real um but even at Blossom I I got to work with sponsorship and they would give away two tickets uh at Blossom for people in the lawn to move up to like the front of the stage and they were like do you want to go give away the tickets and I was like yeah this is so cool and I just love seeing people's reaction so going getting to go up to people in the very back of the lawn and move them up was super cool too you had like a very weird work schedule oh yeah what were your hours kind of like how often were you working yeah it was really weird so if I, I mine was not full time, so it was I had to max out at 25 hours a week, which made getting work done super hard because if I was working two shows and the shows hours were usually like three to eleven, so if I had a couple shows during the week, my actual work computer hours were 
minimized drastically. So I had a very small window to get all my posts scheduled. And that part was at home. So when I would go to the concerts, that's when I had like hands on. I got to actually see my coworkers. I got to see the venues. But then throughout the week when I was doing at home work, they sent me a laptop so I could just set up in my home office and work from home pretty much. They so sent was, you a laptop? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Obviously I had to send it back. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was way quicker than mine and the hybrid schedule was perfect. I loved it. it. I was able to get human interaction while still being lazy at home in my pajamas working for my computer <laughs> and they were awesome about it. So I guess the follow-up to that question would be what was your least favorite part about each internship? I was full-time so I was 40 hours a week in the office. I had the option to work from home but since I was in a tiny apartment like it was just nice to be in the office every day and we would have like sometimes gaps in time while we're waiting for stories to come in for us to edit where there's just like nothing to do (laughs) so it took a little bit of adjusting to like figure out what I'm supposed to do with these like two hour blocks of time like okay so I've checked up on the news I've been like looking at our site all day and making sure there's no mistakes on our web page and then I'm just sitting there like twiddling my thumbs (laughs) but eventually like figured out oh I can use this time for networking and like doing some freelance writing is what I ended up doing with my summer and doing reading like I'd go to the library and pick up some books to read during work so I'd say my least favorite part was just having so much open time but I was able to adjust to it eventually. I think the hardest part, it wasn't that I didn't like it, it just took probably the most adjusting, was I want to know what work I'm going to have throughout the week very early on, and like scheduling it, I like planning and knowing what's going to happen. And a lot of my job was getting an email that was like, this post needs to go up now. And I would just get kind of anxious at first because I wanted to do such a good job and I wanted to get it up so quickly, but I was still kind of learning the platforms that I was using. So I think that was the part that made me anxious anxious in the beginning but the more that I was working there the more I got used to it and I was like okay you're gonna get emails so just get all your planned posts scheduled and then when these emails come in you can take the time to just hop on real quick and do what needs to be done but yeah that was probably the part that needed the most adjusting because in school we have like syllabus and we have planned due dates that are like a month in advance and these are like you have 10 minutes that this needs to go up so that was definitely a shock but it's a real world shock it's like this is what's Mm going to be like when I actually enter the industry so I definitely think it prepared me in that way is there anything that you wish you would have known before you started your internship I guess to not be so afraid to ask questions I think that a lot of us as college students are like so afraid to ask like professionals questions and we think we have to know everything right now but especially in your early parts of your internship your mentors are there for you to ask as many questions as you need to and to give you as much guidance and that was something I was super afraid of going into but I feel like I've adjusted to that pretty well kind of going off of what you said about networking I did not do that in the beginning and I think I was definitely staying to myself and I didn't want to step on any toes I didn't want to share my ideas I was like I'm just the intern like keep your mouth shut kind of thing but again my team was so amazing during my entire internship and they kind of got that mentality out of my head super quickly they're like we want to hear your ideas they we want to see what you're capable of and they were just so uplifting with every work that I did and any ideas that I had that again it kind of went away super quickly I think I wish I knew in the beginning was just talking to more people because these people that you're walking past in the office are people that have been in the industry for a super long time and are super knowledgeable or super high up so I think I wish I just asked more questions to them and sat down and welcomed more conversations between them because I think I have obviously have a lot to learn and I think they have the capabilities of teaching me a lot. And I would say that's the really surprising thing is these internships teach you 
exactly what to do, and they treat you as a staff member right away. Like, they aren't really babying us. They're kind of like, here's the work, do it, get on it. They aren't babying you every step of the way to be like, okay, and here's A, and here's B, and here's C. No, like, you just start working. So do you have any advice for those looking for internships or are maybe apprehensive about them? For looking for internships, definitely hop on all the listservs and the journalism resource thing on Canvas. That's where we'll post most of the internships and talk to the internship coordinators, of course. The other thing is just do a lot of Googling. Before I applied for the Dow Jones one, I was at least twice a week just Googling, oh, journalism internships in this city I'd like to go to, or journalism internships that are related to this topic I really enjoy. And if you're apprehensive about them, I mean, A, it's required. (laughs) Like, we all have to do them to graduate. And B... As hard as it is to do an internship, Kent State really prepares you for what we're walking into. Kind of going off of what you said, honestly, is with internships, me specifically, I knew the companies that I wanted to work for. So I would, again, Google probably every week or so, honestly, and see, I would be like, Sony Music internships, Live Nation internships, and I would just look all the time and apply as many as I could. I know a lot of the LinkedIn internships just aren't really reliable. You're resume won't stick out unless you have a connection. So specifically going to these companies and manually applying, I think you have a way better shot. It does take a longer time. A lot of these internships have lengthy questions you have to answer, but that's kind of the trade-off. You get a super cool internship out of it, where if you do the quick applies, it's like, uh, sometimes, I don't know. I know that you can get some, but I, again, I feel like the time you take kind of is the trade-off for how cool or how interested you are in your internship. Another thing that I'm such a big advocate for is informational interviews and I know it sounds lame and I know nobody wants to do it and I didn't want to at first either but seriously that's how I built a lot of my connections and that's how I think I got a lot of the opportunities I've gotten so far is building connections and learning about new opportunities and knowing someone in the company already I think gives you a a lot of leverage to get an internship or to get a permanent position in a company that you're interested in and if you're apprehensive I just don't think you should be you have I, I think I think it's definitely you don't think oh I'm one in a million people applying I know a lot of people that are like oh 600 people apply to this internship they have to pick someone and you're and you have the skills as much as someone else has the skills I mean you're in college you're learning the same resources Kent State's a great school so you you do have a leg up and I think we doubt ourselves a lot but I think if you just apply do the best you can make those connections I think you have a way better shot than a lot of people would assume you do and I would say don't be afraid of the cold email as you were saying. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes if you see someone you look up to in the industry, you're like, oh, they have a really cool job. Shoot them an email. A lot of them will want to meet you for coffee or will answer emails or will give you a video call sometimes. People will just talk to you on Zoom about what they do because mm-hmm. everyone loves to talk about their job. So don't be afraid to do that. I talk to, um, like, I, I love cold emailing. <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> and I emailed a lady from, I want to say it was Atlantic Records, which is part of the big three, which is just like my absolute yes. dream role. And I got on the phone with her for probably an hour and she was just telling me about her position and by the end she was just asking me telling me like if there's any positions that I see within the company that I want to apply for and need advice on or anything like that to shoot her an email and just having that connection in the future you just never know where these connections are going to lead you so I definitely think cold emailing I I root on anyone that cold emails I think it's a great tool (laughs) especially because journalism is such a small world like everybody knows somebody else and like Mm -hmm. people who are at this paper in Texas right now could be the New York Times in like a month so you never know mm-hmm. well thank you guys so much mm-hmm. of course anything else you'd like to add if you can 
get out of state or like live somewhere for your internship, I highly recommend it. I think that like going to school in Kent is amazing because you have this close knit community, but sometimes you do have to jump out there and try something new. And that's what I loved about San Francisco is as much as I was there for the internship, I had the opportunity to do so many things. Like I went out with friends and I met new people and I got to go to Pride that was there. And there's just so many things to experience outside of Ohio that you should try anything and everything. I would probably just say do as much as you can, like specifically in college. I'm graduating in December and it's really hitting me that a lot of the resources provided to us are just going to kind of be cut off when you graduate. And again, I I know that these resources are going to still be here and we're still going to have these professors to help us in any way that we need. But just like getting involved with the radio station or doing as many internships as you can, I think really gives you a lot of skills that when you're out in the real world, you just have to like apply for a job. I think students get just a lot of love, specifically with jobs and internships and that kind of stuff. Everyone wants to help a student. So take advantage of that you're a student like get your help get your resources be okay with settling for something that's maybe not your dream one because you could get there in the future and these internships that might be a little smaller or maybe that you're not super super interested in they're gonna look really good on your resume when you're applying for the internships that you are super super interested in okay perfect thank you guys thank you thank you Well, Eve, welcome to Around the Sphere. It's great having you managing this project. Thank you. It's good to be here. Well, as you know, this is where we do the fun fact. I do know. Okay, well, take it away. Did you know MDJ and PR Kent take part in a yearly competition centered around a real-world client where student teams compete against each other nationally? A PR competition that allows students to research, plan, and implement a real campaign. The campaign was first established in 1973, and more than 75 teams from universities all around the country enter each year. We have bragging rights, too. In the most recent competition, both teams from Kent, Bateman Blue and Bateman Gold, received honorable mentions for their campaigns to raise awareness for the client, the Lymphoma Research Foundation. It sounds like it has potential to make real change. Tell us about the campaigns. Eve, you were part of one of those teams, right? I was. It was a great experience. Bateman Blue and Bateman Gold did some really amazing things for the foundation to raise money and awareness for lymphoma research, like lighting up the library red and creating an entire wall of hearts that were signed in support for those affected by cancer. I believe the Rock on Front Campus was also painted for lymphoma research, too. Tell us how the competition is judged. At the end of the competition, the students create a case book that contains everything they did, goals, objectives, campaign details, and results to present to the judges. I love it. Experiential learning in action. One of my favorite parts of MDJ is our mix of faculty with heavy academic and professional backgrounds, so it gives students real-world experience before graduating into the real, real world. Well, we'd love to hear your ideas and thoughts for Around the Sphere. Please reach out to us with ideas, questions, thoughts, or just to say hello at mdjpodcast at kent.edu. All right, we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Around the Sphere. Please send us your thoughts, comments, and feedback to mdjpodcast at kent.edu. Music for this podcast was written and produced by Professor Scott Hallgren. This episode was produced by KG Goody, DMP major, and our podcast project manager is Genevieve Krejci, PR major. This podcast is advised by MDJ director Emily Metzger. Special thanks to all the students, faculty, and staff who made this episode possible, and a very special thanks to you for listening. We'll see and hear you around the sphere.